You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, this morning we are continuing on in our radical series. Uh, as I said two weeks ago, as we were here, Jesus was radical. Can I get an amen on that? You read the gospel, Jesus was radical. And he's called us as his followers to what? To be radical, to live out our faith, not in a timid way, but to live out our faith in a passionate way, in a radical way. And this morning we want to focus in on radical generosity. As we have been blessed, we have the privilege of being a blessing to others. As you've heard me say again and again, God's not just blessed us so that we could have more. God's blessed us so that we could reveal his grace and his love through this act of generosity. And God blesses us not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. Amen? So that we're positioned so that we can live our lives so that others experience Christ through our lives, through our, our generosity. And recently I was reading a story about a real estate company in, in Maryland that had a phenomenal year. Like they met all of their goals. They generated significant profit. And rather than the owners keeping the profit, which they could have done, their company, they could have held on to the profit. Instead of holding on to the profit, they, d- they decided that they were going to do something like out of the box, out of the ordinary. So they brought all of their employees together, 198 employees. They brought them together for a Christmas party and surprised each of them with a $50,000 bonus. How many of you know we should be working for that company? Now, here's a company, obviously, they could have been, like, more concerned about the bottom line. I mean, that's the norm of most companies, right? They're concerned about the bottom line. The company could have had that perspective, like, how can we further build the company? But rather than that, they brought their employees together, and they gave away over $10 million to their employees. I mean, that's, that's pretty radical. And the employees, as you can imagine, they were pretty happy, Right? Receiving a $50,000 bonus. Well, there's another story that comes out of this past Christmas season. My, my wife, Charlotte, had this idea of hosting a Christmas party um, where she invited a, a number of ladies, just kind of put it out on Facebook, who would like to be a part of this. Uh, and, and the focus of the gathering was really all about generosity. And there were 25 ladies who showed up at our home. Uh, I know that because I saw the picture, not because I was there. I chose to stay at the office where there were 25 ladies at our home. But 25 ladies showed up, and again, the focus was, was generosity. My wife had communicated, hey, bring 50 to $100. We're going to enjoy some great fellowship. We're going to order food in, and then we're going to bless the delivery folks who bring the food. So the first order that they made was to Papa John's Pizza. When the delivery person arrived, he was a bit shocked to find 25 ladies who greeted him at the door. Um, But he was even more amazed when he received a tip of over $800 for delivering pizza to this group of ladies. And after they had blessed the first delivery person, they had more money to give away. Like there still was an excess of money. So they ordered a Subway sandwich that was delivered by DoorDash. And there was a lady who delivered the Subway sandwich. And again, she was greeted by these 25 ladies as she came up to her house. And this, this was actually captured on a cell phone video. It's really an amazing clip. I want you to watch what happened. Oh, 
starts the cup play first. Jesus is the reason for the season. Oh. So now the way you get your tip tonight is you get to pick under the cup what your tip is going to be. Um, I'll this. Okay, go ahead, take that one. Oh. Oh. Obviously, a lady was blessed by the generosity. And what's interesting, the story doesn't end there. They still had money left, and they were having so much fun. At this point, it was not about the food that was being delivered. It was, the, it was about the joy of being able to bless others. So they, they ordered a third time. This time it was from Domino's. Um, young man arrived. His, he was greeted again by the women. He received uh, a tip of over $600. And as they asked him, can we pray for you? He says, yeah, my grandmother's sick. And uh, I'm really concerned. And so they were able to rally around this young man and, and pray for his grandmother. It was, it was an amazing evening. And after this event, I actually received a couple emails from some of the ladies that were present as well. I had a conversation with a few of them. And they said, you know, Pastor, it was so much fun. It was so much fun just to be able to express generosity. It was so much fun just to be able to bless someone else and to be a, to be a part of that. You know, one of the things I've discovered, you know, there's, mul- there's multiple benefits to, to living radically generous. But one, I think one of the greatest benefits is the joy that we discover is what we experience as we act out generosity, as we live out generosity, as we take what God's blessed us with, and as we leverage it, in turn, to be a blessing to others. You know, in a time and culture when we're encouraged to gather all we can, Jesus actually challenges us to the exact opposite. He 
challenges, he calls us to give all that we can, to live in a, in a way that I would say is radical. Matter of fact, listen, listen to what Jesus wrote in John chapter 6, verse 38. This is from the message paraphrase. It's actually on the screen. Well, maybe it's not on the screen. So let me just read it for you. In Luke 6, 38, this is what Jesus said. Give away your life and you'll find it given back. Given back, get this, with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way generosity begets generosity. Or generosity produces generosity. See, by releasing more of what we have, we receive more than we could ever imagine. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I'm telling you, friends, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant way to live. You see, the more you give, the more comes back to you because God is the greatest giver in the universe and he won't let you. He won't let you outgive him. Go ahead and try and see what happens. There's a story of a man by the name of R.G. Letourneau who tried, and, and this is what happened in his life. If you're not familiar with the name, R.G. was a devoted follower of Jesus Christ who created heavy um, dirt-moving machinery. That's how he made his living. He lived his life in the 1930s and 1950s when there was a lot of road development happening in our nation. And um, R.G. came to the place that he was giving away 90% of what he made, and he was living on the 10%. Giving away 90%, living on 10%, and he still had such an abundance. And some, one day he was asked, how is it, R.G., that you can give so much away, yet have such abundance? And, and it, it, the, the statement he, he made has become one of my favorite statements. This is what R.G. said. He says, I shovel out, and God shovels back. He just has a bigger shovel. I shovel out, God shovels back. He has a bigger shovel. As I said earlier, God prospers us not to raise our standard of living, but God prospers us. If you can get your mind around this, God prospers you not to raise your standard of living, but to raise your standard of giving. He gives us more than we need, not so that we can find more ways to spend it, not so we can um, spoil our children, and not so we can... Um, insulate ourselves from needing God's provision, but so we can live generously. He gives us more than we need so we can experience the joy and blessing that comes from this, that comes from living radical lives. It was Winston Churchill who made this statement. He says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Make a living by what we gather. We understand that. That's why we work. We get a paycheck. That's how we make a living But Churchill says, we discover life in this, not in what we keep. We discover life in what we give. So if you want to discover more life and greater life, then what you need to do is you need to look for opportunities to live out generosity. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is encouraging the Corinthian believers to in the text we want to read today in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So let me give you just a bit of background information before we read the text this morning. In Paul's third missionary journey, one of his goals, one of his focuses was gathering an offering for the Christians in Judea. Jerusalem, that uh, that region had uh, experienced a drought. There was a 
crisis. There was great need for the Christians in Jerusalem. So Paul is gathering an offering as he's traveling from church to church, location to location. He's gathering this offering that he's going to take back to Jerusalem for the Christians in Jerusalem. And the Corinthian believers had boasted of the, their generosity. They had boasted of what they were going to give, but they had not given. Men made great claims about how they were going to be generous, but, but they had not acted on that. So Paul uses the Macedonian believers as an example to challenge the believers at Corinth to follow through on what they had committed. So this passage of scripture is written to the Corinthian believers, but it's about the Macedonian believers. Are you with me? So let's read this. Second Corinthians chapter eight, beginning with verse one. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy, and notice, in their extreme poverty, welled up rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, earnestness and in love, we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving, and that you excel in generosity. And the Macedonian believers here were not just a model for the Corinthians. I think they stand as a model for us today of how we should handle resources, of how we should live out generous, how we should think about giving and, and the blessing of generosity. As the Macedonian believers had experienced the generosity of God, as they had experienced His mercy, His grace, and His goodness, they in turn were committed to living generously. So what can we learn? What can we learn from the Macedonian believers? What can we take away from the Scripture this morning? Three things. The first is this. They gave generously in the midst of adversity. I think that's interesting. They gave generously, not because they had a lot. They were not giving out of like the leftovers of the abundance they had. But they they gave generously in the midst of their adversity. Look back to verse 2. Verse 2 says, Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So the Macedonians were not like wealthy people. They were not experiencing good times. Um, They were not, again, giving out of the overflow of their abundance. They were facing difficulty. They were facing adversity. They were even experiencing poverty, yet they didn't allow that to keep them from being generous with what they had. In their season of difficulty and out of their poverty, like generosity was a priority. It marked their lives. Now, this is, this is so counter to our thinking today. Would you agree with that? Like, when, when times are hard, and like when resources are short, we're not thinking about being generous, are we? When times are hard, we're thinking what? Pulling in the purse strings, right? We're thinking about how can I hold on to the little I have? That's, that's our mentality. 
We think, well, there's not enough to go around, so I have to keep what I have. And with that mentality, what happens is we miss the blessing of generosity. Living generously is not about how much you have. Living generously is not about what you have. It's not about right circumstances. It's not about everything like going well in your life. Living generously is a choice that you make about how you're going to process life. Like, how are you going to live your life? Are you going to live in a way that's stingy? Or are you going to live in a way that's generous? Not about what you have or what you don't have. It's really about the mentality in which you say, this is how, as our family, we're going to process life. Like, they gave out of their, they gave out of their adversity. I remember one of the trips that I made to Nicaragua. We were up in a high um, altitude area where the man, the, not only was the population sparse, but they were facing adversity. They were facing difficulty. And I remember on that Sunday morning, I, I preached in a little block church um, that actually, we, as a church family, we had given the resources to help build the church. So on that Sunday morning, I, I preached in this church. I don't know, maybe there were 30 individuals. And again, this is poverty like I've never seen poverty before. And I remember after service that Sunday, it's not like which restaurant are we going to go to because there was no restaurants in the area. Like that's out of the question. And I remember going from this little block church building to the house next door. So again, kind of try to get a picture of this. This is a, a house with a dirt floor. There's no windows. There's no doors. It's just um, a structure with a roof on it. And I remember that that. Sunday afternoon, the family served, myself and the team that I was with, served us this amazing meal of, of chicken and rice and vegetables. Um, and you wouldn't think much about it until you realize that what you were enjoying would be two, works, two weeks worth of wages for them. Out of their adversity, there was generosity. Out of their lack, what they were living out, this whole concept of like being a blessing to others. So I think the first thing that we can learn from the Macedonian believers is what they gave out of, they gave generously in the midst of the adversity. So you don't have to wait to good times to be able to be generous, right? You don't have to wait until like you got this, uh, this, this abundant overflow, you get a $50,000 bonus. Okay, now I'm positioned to be generous. Of generosity, again, it begins with a mentality of this is how I'm going to process life. This is how I'm going to live life. The Macedonian believers also were, were viewed, uh, also viewed generosity as a privilege, as a privilege to bless others. Notice verse 4. It says, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege. In other words, they were saying, hey, this is for our good. Even though we don't have a lot, it's for our good. It's our privilege that we would be able to share in blessing the believers in Judea. So for the Macedonian believers, this was, not, this was not what they had to do. But it was the privilege of what they got to do. It was the privilege of being able to bless others, to, to help those in need. You know, I, I think of the recent Building Hope in Nicaragua campaign that we had in December. Our goal was to raise, as you know, $40,000 to help 
a Nicaraguan family who's in a desperate time of need. And as I presented the opportunity to you, the Grace Covenant family, it was not 40000 we raised. It was actually 114000 that we raised above and beyond. So thank you for your generosity. We've already sent... Yeah, go ahead and give the Lord a hand and yourself a hand. We've already sent some of those funds on February the 12th. You can sign up for this. We're going to be packing 50,000 meals on that Saturday. Love to have you be a part of that. But as we think about bringing hope for our church family in Nicaragua, hear me, friends, it was not something we had to do. We didn't look at it as like, oh, this is some, oh, this is some burdensome thing that we have to take on. No, we counted it a privilege. What? To be able to extend generosity and kindness and help to individuals in need. It was not what we had to do, but it's, it's what we got to do. The privilege of being a, a blessing to others. So the Macedonian believers saw generosity not as an obligation, but as a privilege that God had extended to them. But in this story of the Macedonian believers, there's a key. It's really important that we get this key. There's a key that positioned them to be generous. And here's the key. They gave themselves first to God, and then they gave their finances. They gave themselves first to God, then they gave their finances. We might say it like this. They settled the ownership issue. Like, like who's the owner? See, as they gave themselves to God, they understood that all they had was God's, that he's the owner, and they were the stewards. They settled the ownership issue. Because they understood that God's the owner, then what? They could give freely. They could give freely. Why? Because it was God's. I think this often this often becomes a challenge for us as believers today. We think we're the owners. Whatever it, whatever it is you have, whatever it is you've gained or gathered, we think we're the owners. Like, after all, we work for it, right? We earned it. Therefore, we begin to think like owners rather than stewards. And we're really not the owners. God's the owner, and we're just managing his goods. There's going to come a day when all that you've gathered, you're going to leave here. Right? You're not going to take it with you. Therefore, you never really owned it. You were just managing it for a time and a season. Listen, when we truly come to understand that God owns it all, this is what it does. It frees us to be generous with his goods. All of a sudden, there's a freedom. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you. Mal, you have... You have 20 bucks I can borrow. I, I didn't bring my wallet with me. You have, can I borrow some money? Awesome. Thank you, Mal. What a friend. So Mal gave me $20. This is his $20. Um, and I'm going to, Mal, I'm going to give your money. Here you go. How many of you know that wasn't painful for me at all? Okay. Why? Because it was Mal's money. It wasn't my money. I, I, I gave Mal's money away and it didn't hurt me at all. Free me to be generous. So I can be generous with, you know, you open up your wallet and I can be generous with your goods. Hey, when we come to the, when we truly come to the mentality, that God's the owner. When we come to that understanding, 
He's the owner and we're the managers and we simply get to manage his goods. And the more that we then take God's goods and live generously with them, let me tell you what happens. We discover greater joy in life. We open the way for God to bring his blessing to us and for us in a greater way. We position ourselves to be blessed so in turn we can be then a greater blessing to others. As we understand what God's the owner and we're managing his goods. So then we're freed what to live to live generously. How can we live generously? As I wrap this up this morning, I want to leave you with just a few points of action that I believe will generate generosity in your life. Before I get there, though, let me do just a quick infomercial. Beginning this Wednesday, we have a class called Financial Peace University. It's a class about how to manage the money tool. Listen, if you want to live generously, one of the things you have to do is you have to be able to manage God's resources. And if you would say, hey, I struggle with that, that's why we have this class. You can go online, you can get information. I would encourage you... If you're struggling with managing the money tool and it's like you feel like you can never be generous, first of all, that's, that's a way of, that's a wrong way of thinking. You can be generous. But, but you need to be able to manage the money tool in such a way that you're positioned to be generous. So I would encourage you to check out the Financial Peace University again. Go to our website. All the information's there. Starts this Wednesday. You can get on board with that. But again, how can, we, how can we live out generosity? I want to leave you with three statements really quick. Here's the first one. First, we need to know that God is generous and he blesses us so that we can bless others. He blesses us so that we can bless others. Folks, God is good. Can I get an amen on that? God is able. God is generous. God is the source of endless provision. Listen, we don't have to worry about God running out, right? Because he has endless, endless provision. Matter of fact, listen to how the scripture reads. 2 Corinthians, moving from chapter 8 to chapter 9, verse 8 and 11. It's on the screen. Um, Can we go back to verse 8? Do we have verse 8? Thank you. And God is able to bless you. Notice he's able. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's able. Go ahead and tell him. Tell him again, God's able. But God's able to bless you, notice, abundantly. Abundance is like bucket full and running over, right? And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He goes on in verse 11 to say, you will be enriched in every way. Notice, so that, for the purpose of. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity will result, we might say it like this, in worship to God. So the God who is able brings his provision for our lives. He makes us rich in every way so that or for the purpose of positioning us to live generous. if If you can think of it like this. We are God's errand boys and delivery girls. We get to deliver his goods. He blesses us in every way so that we can be generous. Now think about this. If you had a package that you wanted to get to someone, like 
It was really valuable. It was really important that they got this package. If you got it all wrapped up and you took it to FedEx and you wanted them to deliver the package from you to the family member or individual that you wanted to have the package, what would you think if the FedEx delivery man took its package home, opened it, and he kept it for himself? You would say, hey, hey, that's not right. Like, that, you, you don't get it. Like, you're the middleman. You're the delivery man. I put the package in your hand so that you could deliver it to someone else. Listen, in the same way, friends, God blesses us for the reason of, or for the purpose of, positioning us so that we can be a blessing, that we can be a blessing to others. Listen, God is able to bring his abundance in our lives if he can get his abundance through our lives. He blesses us so that we can, in turn, be a blessing to others. Here's a second necessary point of action to live generously. Free yourself from the love of money and the, and the worship of temporary stuff. Free yourself. You know, if we're not careful... And if we're not aware, we can allow money to become an idol in our lives. Rather than using the money tool wisely, we can worship the money tool. We begin to see ourselves as owners rather than stewards. You know, the Bible doesn't condemn wealth. What the Bible condemns is the pursuing of wealth or the finding, the finding of your fulfillment in wealth. That's what the Bible condemns. Matter of fact, listen to how the scripture reads in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Notice what Paul wrote here. He says, for the love of money. Notice he doesn't say money is the root of all kinds of evil. Oftentimes, I think this verse gets misquoted. Money's not the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of, it's the worship of, it's giving money that place where it's your passion and it's your pursuit instead of God being your pursuit. That becomes the problem. He says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money, chasing after money, have wandered from the faith and they pierce themselves with many griefs. So when we fall prey to loving money, this is what happens. We live together, not to give. That's what happens. It's all about what we can gather. And here, if that's your mentality, then it doesn't matter how much you gather, whatever you gather, it's not enough. Have you noticed? So what do you have to have? You have to have a little bit more. Because your fulfillment is found in what you're gathering. Again, it's misplaced priorities. When we fall prey to loving money, we become stingy rather than living generously. You know, I think it's interesting that Jesus spoke more about money than heaven and hell combined. You can check that out. Read the gospel. Jesus spoke more about money and stuff than heaven and hell combined. I think it's interesting that the Bible has twice as many verses on money than faith and prayer. Twice as many. Why? This is why, I, this is what I, the conclusion I've come to. I believe that God knew we were going to have a problem with money. I knew, I think he knew that, that there was, there was this tendency that we would have in our human nature to so chase after money that we lose sight of the priority of God, that we lose sight of the, of the priority of generosity. Listen, don't give your life chasing stuff. 
Don't allow money to become an idol in your life. Listen, the money tool, the, uh, money is a great tool, but it's a horrible master. Don't allow it to hold you captive. So if we're going to live generously, well, we have to free ourselves from the love of money and the worship of temporary stuff. Again, God's blessed us so that we can use what he's blessed us with in turn to bless others. Here's the final point of action. Choose a lifestyle of generosity in every area of your life so you can discover greater joy. A lifestyle of generosity. You know, living generous is not just about money. Now, we can be generous with money. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I was generous with Mao's money. I gave it away. You can be generous with money. But there's so many ways that we can be generous. Listen, we can be generous. We can be gracious in our words and our actions. We can be generous in how we help others. We can be generous in how we use our time and leveraging our time to bless others. Listen, there's so many ways that you can live out generosity. It's not just about money. But to live generously, this is what we have to do. We have to understand it's a lifestyle that we choose to live. It's like this is how we're going to process life. We're going to process life in a way that's generous. And in that, when you make that decision, this is what happens. You discover greater life. There's a reason that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why would Jesus say that? Because he knew that we would discover what greater life, greater purpose in life, greater joy in life. When we, choose to, when we choose to live with hands wide open. In other words, I'm not clinging to, I'm not holding on to. You know, I've seen this here at Grace Covenant. 27 years I've been pastoring Grace Covenant. And one of, one of the commitments I made when I began leading here at Grace Covenant is we were going to be a church that lived generously. We were going to be a church that looked for opportunities to be a blessing to others. Why? Because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And in that, man, there's story after story after story. I could tell how God is, has blessed us. It's interesting in the midst of this whole building hope in Nicaragua, this campaign as we're giving away money. Interesting that as we're giving away money, we received a contract on a building that we've been trying to sell for two years as we're giving away money. We received an offer on another piece of land that the church has been trying to sell to help us reduce debt. All of that happened as we're giving money away. Interesting. You begin to connect the dots. What you discover is that as we live generously, the God who is generous. How many of you know God is generous? He's good. He wants to bring his goodness to your life. And here's the reason. He wants you to be able to bless others so that they can experience Christ through your life. And I think one of the greatest testimonies that we can have as a church, that you can have in your life, is a testimony of generosity. Wow, there's something different. Man, there's something different about your life and how you live and how you give. What is the difference? Listen, it's Christ in us. It's God being generous in our lives, positioning us so that we can be generous to others. You know, I say this every Sunday, so it's, I, 
probably should just say it again so I don't miss a Sunday. I can check this off the box. Listen, God's blessed you to be a blessing. Really simple. Remember, tell your neighbor, God's blessed you to be a blessing. Whether you have a little or whether you have a lot, He's blessed you to be a blessing to others. To live out radical generosity in such of a way that it opens the door for God to pour in a greater way into our lives, to pour through our lives. Again, God blesses us not to raise our standard of living. He blesses you to raise your standard of giving. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for your generosity to us. For us as individuals, for us as a church family, God, you have blessed us so. Wow, we have so much to celebrate. Lord, my prayer today is not only for us as a church family, corporately, but for each individual. This morning that they would make the choice to live generously. Lord, it really is about a life. So it's not about what we have or what we don't have not about how much we've gathered or what's our statement of worth but it's, it's really not about that it's about a decision we make that says as you've been generous to us so we're going to live out generosity Holy Spirit my prayer today for myself for all of my friends Lord may our lives be marked by generosity And Holy Spirit, if, if there's individuals here today who, who wrestle with being controlled by money, where money or stuff has become a priority, a passion, a pursuit in their lives, Lord, I just pray today that you would convict them. Because the reality is, is whatever we gather in our span on this earth, Lord, we're going to leave it all here. Lord, may we not be deceived in thinking that our identity, our, our worth is in what we have. Lord, may we come to discover, Lord, the life that we can experience through living generously. Holy Spirit, help us to that end, I pray. May we be those who live with open hands, not clenched fists. And in that, God, I just believe you're going to amaze us with what you flow to us and what you flow through us. Again, Holy Spirit, help us to that end, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.